Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning! It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Steven Lightford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. I did this radio thing where I had like a minute left before the show came on, and then a video just popped up across my timeline. Now, I wanted to start off with some basketball because I do have some thoughts on what happened yesterday between the Nets and the Bucks as both games really uh, were out of reach for the teams that were the underdogs as the Nets t- didn't give up a lead for the entire time and crushed the Bucks 126 to 80 uh 125 to 86 without James Harden and the Suns crushed the Nuggets 122 to 105 as Devin Booker was just nuclear and DeAndre Ayton was playing a great game and CP3 was doing his thing. Mikael Bridges was shooting 50 and 50 in that game, had 20 plus points. But I just saw this video, and I'm going to be playing this sound later on in the show. I just saw this video. If you guys haven't watched any college baseball, uh, right now it's their postseason, and I highly recommend you do so if you are a baseball fan and you're watching professional baseball and you want some excitement. Well, these dudes in college, they show so much passion and so much emotion. And there's this dude from the University of Virginia who they are calling the real-life Keddie Powers, who's a closer, and they uh, Virginia made it to their regional final, and it's their 10th regional final appearance and their first one since 2015. This dude strikes out a batter, and as soon as he's done, he takes his glove and rifles it to his own dugout <laughs> and cheers with his teammates. And he really is the real-life Kenny Powers. And then there was a post-game interview with him, and I got to play it for you because it is hilarious. But I do want to start out uh, with what happened yesterday in that Nets win over the Bucks. Durant, crossover, behind the back, driving it right around Giannis, going to the rim. Oh, what a reverse, and it's good! Kevin 
Kanye came under the basket with a wild shot. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Credit WFAN for that audio. Durant crossing over Giannis goes in for the beautiful reverse. He was scoring in all sorts of ways yesterday. You couldn't stop Durant. He scored thirty two points on twelve of eighteen shooting, and he only had to play thirty two minutes because in fourth quarter, that's when everyone started coming in for garbage time. He was four for six from three, had six assists, and he also had four rebounds, and he only fouled twice. But if you are still the type of Warriors fan who thinks that it's fine that Kevin Durant left, please feel free to weigh in and give me your reasoning. Please try and tell me why. And give me an actual good answer besides, well, he had a burner account on Twitter. <laughs> and, he's, and he's too emotional. I don't know what kind of voice I'm doing there. But when I'm watching him yesterday construct that offense, you know, when Kyrie's not having the hottest shooting night of all time and he needs to needs to take over and he's going one-on-one with P.J. Tucker and Giannis Antetokounmpo, I don't know. Because in the past two years, ever since he's been hurt, we've all anytime the Kevin Durant conversation has popped up, you know, it's been easy for Warrior fans to say, good riddance, glad he's gone. We don't need a personality like that in the locker room. We don't need a personality like that on our team. Well, they hadn't seen him play on the court. And what he's been doing in these playoffs has been nothing short of remarkable. And everything that he does, it just makes you think back to all those times when he was with the Warriors And, you know, the whole thing with Steve Kerr and whether he should get the ball to Steph Curry more. Steph Curry, you're deviating to to Kevin Durant too much, deferring to Kevin Durant too much. Excuse me, deviating. I don't even know where I came up with that word. It's early in the morning. But I just don't get how any Warrior fan can watch what he was doing yesterday, scoring in all types of ways, uh, whether it's in the post from the elbow, from the three-point line, catching and shooting, transition threes, going in for the dunks. This dude is otherworldly, and he has been an absolute joy to watch. And I just hope that any doubter that he had, he has been proving them wrong time and time again. Because here's the reason, partially, why Warriors fans didn't like him and still didn't want him in the Bay Area. You want to hear this post game from yesterday? This is partially the reason why Warriors fans did not want Kevin Durant on the team anymore. Tomorrow will mark two years since you initially injured your calf. I know you worked your butt off to get to this point, but did you ever think you'd be this good? Is that a real question? Of course, I mean, yeah. what, what you want me to say to that? Of course well, I, I mean, did. It's pretty impressive what you've been able to do. Thank you. I appreciate that. But, I mean, that was two years ago. I'm looking forward to just getting up tomorrow and going to practice, watching film, and and, uh, and seeing how we can get better. But, you know, I appreciate that. But, you know, that was that was too long ago. All right. Well, I'll come up with some more real questions <laughs> for you next time. Thanks, <laughs> Kevin. <Love. Mark. laughs> you know, the reason why is because he was sometimes a little sassy to the media. That's it. (laughs) You know, it couldn't have been for his play on the court because Kevin Durant put everything on the line in order to try to get the Warriors a championship by coming back again in 2019. 
He tried as hard as he could, and he re-injured himself. So it can't be for what he did on the court. The only reason I could think of is, well, he had a burner account. And he was talking to fans. He was responding to fans. He's way too sensitive. He's way too emotional. Give me a break. (laughs) Like, I'm watching that yesterday, and I'm just thinking, how can there be any fan who still wouldn't think that the Warriors would have not won another championship if he was still on the team? I would sacrifice a lot in order to keep Kevin Durant on that Warrior team. I would have, in hindsight, going back. You know, I mean, he already made up his mind, obviously, after what happened in November against the Clippers and that whole debacle with Draymond Green. He had already made up his mind at that point, and it just kind of felt like he was already on his way out the door after the All-Star break. But I would have done anything to have gone back in time. I think fans realize, like, hey... Okay, this dude is emotional, but what he does on the court does not translate to how we should treat him off the court. The fan base was going insane towards Kevin Durant. The fan base was going nuts. And and, and what he was doing yesterday against a guy in Giannis Antetokounmpo, a defensive player of the year, an MVP, making him look like the type of guy, quite frankly, that would have me come in here and have the sort of hot take like Giannis can't be the number one guy to lead his team to a championship. That's the type of take that Kevin Durant causes. Like, like Giannis, sure, I mean, you know, you could say, even without playing Kevin Durant and the fact that they lost to the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals last year in the bubble, you could say that Giannis might not be the right number one But ultimately, I do think he is. But when he's going up against a guy like Kevin Durant, he does not look like that. Kevin Durant stumps these dudes. And really, it's no surprise to me. No surprise why Kevin Durant feels like he could just go wherever he wants to win a championship. Because, look, man, you need a supporting cast. All right? Dane Lillard, you feel like he could be the number one guy who can possibly lead a team to the final? It's hard. It's really hard, unless you have a supported cast. It's incredibly tough. You know? I mean, that's why Kevin Durant joined the Warriors in the first place, because he's like, look, I'm good enough to win a championship. I know that, but I do need some stars around me, especially with the talent level that's within this league right now. And so, you know, I don't blame him for wanting to do that, because look at what's happening right now. He made me forget that James Harden was hurt. He really did. James Harden hurt in the first 43 seconds of this series. He made me forget about all of that. <laughs> Every like like I'm watching that game yesterday and I'm just like, god, they're they're just killing the Bucks. The Bucks have no chance. They're just I mean, they they look defeated already. And then I'm thinking, wait a second. This Nets team doesn't even have James Harden. I, I Kevin Durant is the type of player that makes you forget that your superstar is not on the court because of how much better he makes everyone around him. And the way that he scores, it's unbelievable watching this dude. And I'm I'm incredibly happy for how he's doing. You know, it's uh, uh the morning roast yesterday asked, who would you cheer for if you had to in this second round, KD or Kyrie? I'm choosing KD all day. I am. Because, look, I personally don't care 
about the way that he acts off the court. He hasn't done anything wrong, okay? It's not like what happened with, you know, Tyreek Hill within the NFL where you really got voice recordings of him threatening his girlfriend at the time and everything that he did back in college. You don't have any of that. Kevin Durant hasn't done anything wrong like that. All he's done is make burner accounts and respond to fans and act sensitive toward the media. And that's why people don't want him on their team. And I'm just sitting there going, well, if I, you know, had someone to watch the game with, I was watching the game on my own. But if I was next to a Warrior fan and they would have told me, like, yeah, we don't need that guy. We didn't need that guy. I'd say you're delusional. I'd say you're delusional. And you can have your opinion. That's fine. But your opinion's wrong and I hate you. (laughs) No, I'm just playing. But, But I'm just watching that. I'm just like, man. That's unreal. Uh, real quick, before we do go to break, I do want to play uh, one thing from yesterday because uh, watching Blake Griffin and the effort that he gives, it just proves what tanking can do to a star's mindset. Durant, bounce past Brown again, going to the rim, leaves it off for Griffin. Oh, and he stuffed it right over Giannis. Blake Griffin posterizing the Greek freak. And that's from WFAN again, and... Uh, you know, Blake Griffin, sure, he's not a star now, but back in 2019, in the 2018-2019 season for the Pistons, before he started to get hurt, he was an all-star, and that was the first time he'd been an all-star since leaving the Clippers. He averaged 24.5 points a game, <laughs> shooting 46% from the field, and he was giving you 35 minutes, and he played in every single game that he was available for. In every single game. And then the Pistons started to tank. And now you are getting the, you are getting the product of a guy who felt like he had something with this team. And then when he got hurt, all of his team was gone. I look no further than a guy like Bruce Brown, who assisted him on that posterizer. Bruce Brown was on that Detroit team with him. Christian Wood from the Rockets at one point was on the Pistons before he went to the Rockets. They got rid of Christian Wood, and he's the only bright spot on that Rockets team. So it's surprising. In these seven games of the playoffs so far, he's had seven dunks, and yesterday he had that posterizer on Giannis. He also had a crazy putback in the first quarter. He's diving for loose balls, putting in an effort. And I'm watching that yesterday and looking back at his at his time in Detroit and just thinking, you know what, at one point... He had him at 41 and 41. They were the eighth seed. They were in the playoffs, if you remember that, in the Eastern Conference. They didn't have any shot at the time. But still, he was trying to lead them to the playoffs. And kind of like Kevin Durant with the Warriors, he ended up getting hurt doing it. And, I, you know, I, I don't blame him for the type of effort that he's putting in now, showing how the team respected him at the time, even though they were paying him a ton of money. And I get all that stuff. He was making millions of dollars. How can you really complain about that? But these dudes want to win. They really do. From the 925, we are watching arguably the greatest athletes in NBA history play pickup level basketball. Touting putting up big numbers in NBA playoffs is hilarious. There is zero defense played in the NBA. Chuck Person scored 40 a night in today's game. Well, that's great. That's a great hypothetical. Whatever. But there is defense being played. There is. And Kevin Durant is just that freaking good. I'm watching that yesterday and I'm just like, my God. I couldn't believe it when I forgot that James Harden was hurt. Couldn't believe it. 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. I do want to get to this because there are certain players linked to the Warriors, and there's one of them that is, which I just 
do not want to see. Plus, we have a couple of updates with the current roster uh, with Kelly Oubre and assistant coach Jerron Collins. So we'll get to all that next. 888 That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, as the big voice guy said, leading you up to 6 o'clock. Coming up at about 5.35 to 5.40, do want to get into some baseball talk because I did a little uh, deep dive into Evan Longoria and what he's been doing this season. So we'll find out how the Giants can replace him. And also, there's a certain player on the A's who is having an incredible season. He's been very good this year, but this is another situation where the A's are going to have to pay a guy and... I wonder if they're inclined to do so. So we will get to that uh, in about 20 minutes. But uh, I was looking at just the random betting odds yesterday for um, players to be traded. And they have certain ones that you can already bet on. And one of them is Bradley Beal. And it's interesting to me because... You know, they haven't really expressed the need uh, for another guard. We saw what happened with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, You know, the the fact that Steve Kerr was saying, you know, we're going to try to get him acclimated and saying all these things. We didn't sign him uh, just so we could trade him. And then what do you know? uh, He's over in Minnesota, but because he just didn't fit. So you felt like, you know, if they were going to add another uh, quote unquote star, then it wouldn't be a guard. But still, Bradley Beal, now the favorite. For him, on which team he's going to start next year, he's uh, the Wizards. They're still the clear-cut favorite. But right now, the Warriors are uh, the Warriors are the second. The next best odds to uh, for Bradley Beal to start next year would be on the Golden State Warriors, and it's still uh, at that point. The last time they were updated uh, was a couple of days ago, and yeah, the Warriors are still the number two team. And then uh, I believe the Bucks are in that conversation as well. But uh, I did find that interesting, and I'm I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, should they or should they not trade for Bradley Beal conversation, uh, because that's something that's for way down the line. But that's just a quick update for you on that. I found that uh, I found that interesting when I looked at that yesterday. But there is another guy who is on the trading block, and that is one Kristaps Porzingis. Now. I'm going to go through a couple of reports here, so sorry, I'm going to throw out a couple of names, and hopefully this doesn't get too confusing. But Kevin O'Connor yesterday of The Ringer reported that he's hearing not a lot of teams are very interested in trading for Chris Stapps Porzingis. Not a lot of teams. They're, they're just, they're, they're the internal talks, every all the reports that are coming out, it's bound to happen because you got Doncic, who's about to sign a, a Supermax extension, while Porzingis is averaging like 13-5-4 during that playoff series where the Mavs lost and didn't give any help. So naturally, that was the conversation that was going to happen. But again, in terms of betting odds, the favorite is for the Golden State Warriors. That's the first team up. 
to trade for Kristaps Porzingis. And maybe this is just because the Warriors are in clear need of another star. They have the pieces to do it. They have the capital in order to trade for another superstar. And, you know, let's just say the Clippers lose in this second round uh, to the Jazz. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's names get reported. I'm sure the Warriors would be at the top of that list as well, just because of what they can give up and the assets that they can give up. But I got to tell you this. Porzingis is the last guy that I want on this Warriors team. Because Tim McMahon of ESPN, he reported this yesterday, quote, there are questions about the chemistry between Doncic and Porzingis. The Mavs franchise cornerstones admittedly aren't friends, a distant dynamic that team owner Mark Cuban has compared to the early stages of the partnership between Dirk Nowitzki and Jason Terry, which ultimately produced two NBA Finals appearances and a championship. But Porzingis has been frustrated, often feeling more like an afterthought than a co-star as Doncic dominates the ball and the spotlight. But there is one specific play that I saw in that Game 7 where it was a two-on-one fast break, and Porzingis got the steal. It was a great play. It was a great play on defense, and he actually showed a lot of effort in that game, but uh, at least in the first half. And there was a steal. He had a two-on-one, and then he just pulls up for three instead of passing it to his teammate to get the assist and to get the points. Now, I'm not saying that that would have made the difference in the game because I think ultimately the Clippers would have beat the Mavs anyway. But when I see a play like that and I hear that he is feeling more like an afterthought than a co-star, well, duh. <laughs> like, 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 look at the way that he's playing right now. Everything that Doncic was doing in that Game 7, in that entire series, was amazing. You know, and every quarter, all of his stats were going down. You know, uh, like uh, the first quarter, he scored 85 points. Second quarter, 71 points. Third quarter, 54 points. Fourth quarter, 40 points. That's in total for the series. Just kept on going down because he didn't have any help, not only in the first half, but in the second half. And Porzingis averaged 13 points, five rebounds, and one three a game in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, and he's getting paid more than Giannis, Bradley Beal, Drew Holiday, Julius Randle, Jamal Murray, and Jalen Brown. So when I go back to Bradley Beal and the fact that he's the number one guy for the Warriors right now, if I had to choose just between the two, you're choosing Beal all day. 13 points and 5 rebounds in the playoffs and 1-3 a game. And you're 7'3". I saw a tweet, and I, and, and I wish I could give it credit, because I saw the user, but I can't remember who the user was. Uh, but he said Chris Apps Porzingis is seven three, yet somehow he's actually five foot twenty seven. Because that's how he plays. He tries to play like a smaller guy instead of trying to be aggressive. And last year it was completely different. Last year they actually had one of the better offenses because Chris Apps Porzingis was going off toward the end of last season. Then this year, it's like, just because he is the second fiddle to Luka Doncic with Dallas and he's not getting the respect that he feels like he deserves, it's like, why would anybody want that on the team? And it's no surprise that Kevin O'Connor is out there reporting that the rumors are the rumors are there, but there's really not much to it. Teams aren't all that interested in Porzingis. If you're acting like that, 
when you're averaging 13 points and five rebounds and one three a game, when you can actually shoot the three ball and you're seven feet? How can you have any sort of argument there? You know, and sure, maybe Doncic does need to pass him the ball a little more often, but hey, like when you have a guy who is unreliable, why would Doncic want to pass you the ball anyway? Why would he? Like, like I, 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 I don't really know what kind of argument that Chris Stapps has at this point. Like, I, I really don't. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I just saw that the Warriors were the uh, were the betting favorite besides the Mavs for which team he'd start for next season. And maybe that's just a product of again the Warriors needing a star. But ultimately, uh, there shouldn't be anything made of that. Um, another update. Real quick, it looks like Kelly Oubre Jr. could be going to the New York Knicks as the Knicks do have interest in uh, who is at, in Kelly Oubre, who is, of course, a pending free agent, and Kelly Oubre has mutual interest there. Um, so, and, and I will say this, in his time with the Warriors, look, I like the element of Oubre's game that he brought to the team. And rightfully so, there was that conversation uh, toward the the toward the All Star break whether you'd have Oubre or Wiggins because Wiggins started to cool off a little bit. Then Wiggins came out in the second half firing and didn't slow down. So really, that question uh, wasn't even a question anymore because the clear and obvious answer was, well, you take Andrew Wiggins all day, and you're not going to be paying what you'd pay Kelly Oubre for him to come off the bench if Wiggins is going to be the starter and Wiseman comes back. Then you have Steph and Clay and 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 Dre. Green and all that comes along with it. So if he does go to another organization, I'm glad it's one that seems to be finding its footing. A one that has a coach of the year uh, winner in Tom Thibodeau, who seems to have these guys playing at at 100% effort, and he's going to be a perfect 3 and D type of guy um, I think for that team, and I really hope that he thrives wherever he goes because I think that he's just... uh, I think he's just a cool dude. I, I really do. All of his press conferences, everything, uh, his his nicknames, Tsunami Poppy, the way that he talks about the game, the way that he talks about his preparation. He's kind of a spiritual kind of guy. I always thought he was actually pretty cool for that. Um, and also, another guy who's going to be leaving this Warriors team after seven years, Jerron Collins, assistant coach, is going to be looking for a head coaching job. I don't know whether that's going to be in Portland with the Blazers because now it seems like after Dave Lillard said he wants Jason Kidd, that Jason Kidd's like, nah, I feel a little awkward with that. I don't want to go over to Portland. And then the front office is saying, well, it's not ultimately Dame's call. It's going to be our call. I wouldn't be surprised if the Blazers are up there for him. Um, you know, and we'll see. I mean, hell. Uh, the the Lakers job if if that opens up with Frank Vogel them not uh, able to get out of the first round I I wouldn't be surprised there but uh, shout out to Jerron Collins man he's been on this station um uh, quite a few times in the past several years and uh, he's just been very cordial a uh, good guy and he's always been a really good uh, assistant coach and it's going to be tough to find a replacement but we heard Steve Kerr uh, in his postseason press conference where he said that, look, we're going to be making some changes. Or excuse me, on the TK show, uh, on the Tim Kawakami podcast, uh, he was saying that, look, 
we're going to be making some coaching changes and we're going to need um, some new energy because uh, Collins feels that he is a head coaching type of candidate and wherever he goes, I hope he has a success as well. The triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number for the five seven four. I was out on Kelly Oubre when he said he was unwilling to play off the bench. Sorry, dude, but you're playing off the bench if you're playing with three potential Hall of Famers. I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. All right. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Want to do a deep dive into Evan Longoria's season so far, potential replacements, what they're going to be doing. There's a certain player on the A's who's having a fantastic season that not many people are talking about. It's kind of gotten overshadowed by the whole will the A's stay in Oakland thing or not. But he is an unrestricted free agent next season. Who is that player? Well, we'll get to all of that next. Going to have some fun baseball conversation. Then we'll circle around back to basketball and talk a little bit more about the playoffs. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Fun show today on the pregame show after going off about Kevin Durant for the first fifteen minutes. And sorry if you were getting to your car and just expecting some, you know, some smooth talk because watching that game yesterday. <laughs> Got me a little heated. Triple A nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's the text line of the phone number. Stephen Lightfoot and on the pregame show ninety five seven. The game. Now back to the pregame show on ninety five seven. The game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Lightford on the pregame show, 95-7 the game, leading up until 6 o'clock. Yesterday had some time left over and wanted to have some closing thoughts on Evan Longoria and just how big that injury is, as of course he will be out uh, four to six weeks after colliding with Brandon Crawford over the weekend on that just bizarre play. Uh, in the ninth inning. So I do want to get to that. And there is a certain A's player who I have my eye on this season. And I want to see what his future is like with the team because a lot of the news surrounding the A's has been, you know, them, whether they'll stay in Oakland and, you know, Dave Cavill, John Fisher, and all that sort of stuff. But that's all overshadowed what this guy's been doing this year and the fact that he is another unrestricted free agent that the A's are going to be on that line of whether they should actually sign him or not. So I do want to get to that as well. But before we do, there's this guy I I, I happened to stumble upon yesterday, uh, stumbled upon him through Twitter. And if you haven't watched any college baseball, and you're a baseball fan, if you're a baseball fan and you want to watch guys have fun, play with a lot of passion, you know, and it's not all the three true outcomes, home runs, strikeouts, walks, and all that sort of stuff. Look no further than college baseball and their postseason. It's unbelievable. You you don't believe me? Just go to Twitter, search up Arkansas, uh, Arkansas baseball, and look what happened yesterday when there was a three-run homer that, would, that was hit in the ninth. I'm telling you, it's like a bucket list, bucket list item uh, for me now to go to uh, some sort of postseason baseball game uh, within the college ranks because, my God, that looked like a fun time. But there is one guy who I stumbled upon yesterday. His name is Steven Skosh. He's a closer for the University of Virginia, and his Twitter handle is BigDonkey47. 
The caption for his Twitter handle is UVA baseball thrower guy. <laughs> this guy, Steven Skosh, is who they call the new Kenny Powers. Now, if you haven't seen Kenny Powers, it's the show on HBO that stars Danny McBride. He's the closer for their team, and he has a mullet, curly hair, and his slogan is, whenever he closes a game and strikes out a dude, it's your effing out. And if you haven't seen Eastbound and Downing, you kind of like those raunchy comedies, I recommend you check it out. And everyone's been looking for that new Kenny Powers, right? A guy who has no fear in his post-game interviews, no fear on the field. And... The University of Virginia moved on to their regional final the first time since 2015. And this dude, Skosh, closed out the game. And as soon as he closed it out, he rifled his glove to the dugout. Just launched it as hard as he could. The type of thing that could actually throw your shoulder out. A little scary. And that's actually what his Twitter profile picture is, too. It's not of him pitching a baseball. It's of him in a straight throwing motion, throwing his glove as hard as he can. But here's the best part. Listen to this post-game interview from this dude, Skosh, as we will get to do a little more of a deep dive into Evan Longoria. But here's the guy that they are dubbing as the new Keddy Powers. And when you hear this post-game, it'll all make sense. Does anything make you nervous? Caves. (laughs) (laughs) Mainly. Um, Nothing really. I mean, I don't see any caves out here. I know. We're in the south, but it's not the desert. That's where I find most caves are probably at. But, you know, this is just a game. There's going to be way harder things in life than striking out the side or not walking somebody. So I don't really get too caught up in all the jibber-jabber and all the mean things people might say to me because it's just, you know, I think I'm a cool guy. My dogs think I'm awesome. My teammates like me, and my friends like me. So I'm going to attack. I'm going to win. Simple. <laughs> like, like, I wasn't expecting that because he's got the curly hair. He's got the beard. He's 21 years old. Does not look like a 21 year old. But what I heard this right at the beginning. Does anything make you nervous? Caves. <laughs> I was like, what? What is happening? Here's the last part of that interview. It just gets even better. Here's one last one for you. Yeah, no problem. You've heard this before. Yeah. When people say Kenny Powers, what do you think? <laughs> I think, damn, I'm doing a good job. Because, <laughs> like I said, the dude, the dude took 86 to the big leagues after being out of the big leagues. You kidding me? You kidding me? He took that and turned it into a winner. So people are like, "Oh, Tony Powers." I'm like, I mean, I might throw a little differently, a little, a little firmer than he did after you know he started boozing and doing drugs. But I mean, that probably won't be a big part of my life as it was his. But hey, it's Kenny P. He's a winner. End of the day. <laughs> so are you, Stephen. Go get some Thank dipping you. dots, and please enjoy this one with your teammates. They Absolutely. Like you. <laughs> great talking to you. See oh, you all later. You're awesome. Now I, could, now I could play the entirety of that interview, but the reason they said enjoy the dipping dots, he said earlier in that interview, I heard a fan offer free dipping dots if I blew it, which the price of dipping dots with inflation is just unreal. So for a brief moment, I was like, dang, dipping dots sound good. But I also thought in the back of my head, we win today, we win tonight, we're going to be here another day, and that's more per diem. So that means I can buy my own dipping dots and be a winner. This dude is my favorite. This is my favorite baseball player out right now. I saw that. Check it out. Steven Skosh. He's at BigDonkey47 on Twitter. Baseball thrower guy from the University of Virginia. Ugh. Ugh. It was amazing.
It really was amazing. All right, let's transition here. Want to move on to Evan Longoria and that injury as he will be out four to six weeks. And uh, just want to talk about how they could replace Longoria. But I, I just want to... Uh, t- just want to share with you guys, like, I-, I was going down the rabbit hole yesterday of just everything with the advanced analytics and, you know, stuff that really you could search up yourself, but, you know, it takes time and people actually have stuff to do with their lives, so I did it for you. <laughs> but, uh, look, this season, Longoria has been making contact on the ball as well as he has in the past five years. Now, when you look at the regular stats, when you look at batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, which turns into, uh, you know, your OPS, all of that. He's been, you know, decent, but he hasn't really been in the top of the league. He's hitting 280 with nine home runs and 30 RBIs, and he has an OPS of 892, which is really, really good. It, it, it really is in the grand scheme of things, but you do have some damn good hitters out there who just put all those stats and just make them go crazy. But all of the advanced analytics point toward everything improving. Now, I know that everyone hates analytics and the fact that it's changing and changing the game, but numbers are numbers. He's hitting the ball harder on average than anyone in the league. He's in the top 1% of average exit velocity and his hard hit percentage, meaning the balls that he has hit, they are hit over 95 miles an hour or more. He's in the top 1% of, of that as well. And he's also the top 6% of his expected slugging and his, ex- and his expected weighted on-base ba- on average, his WOBA, his expected WOBA. Now, look, when you hear expected, you're like, well, if it's expected, then why isn't it that number? Well, I go back to that quote from Barry Bonds, and I'm completely paraphrasing here, but he was talking about those atom balls, the line drives that he'd hit right towards a player, ones that he hit on the sweet spot, but it just happened to go right at the defender. Well, Barry Bonds said, you know, that wasn't a missed at bat. I just hit the ball hard, and it just happened to go right to the player. It happens sometimes. And that's what's been happening with Evan Longoria this season. But here's what tells me that he's seeing the ball just as well as anyone. He's hit 25 singles this season. 25 singles. And of those 25, only six of them have been pulled to left field. If you look at the spray chart of where all his hits have gone, only six singles have been pulled to left. The rest are either up the middle or to right field. And if you've ever played baseball before you understand that when these coaches are trying to develop your swing they don't want you to pull the ball they want you to hit it up the middle or opposite field that way you could spread the ball to all different areas and if you want to pull the ball sure but defenses can shift on you and they can understand your tendencies but Longoria I was looking at that chart and it blew my mind yesterday because all of his singles or not all of his singles, but I think there were nine of them that were hit up the middle, just right up the middle. And you know that if you hit the ball up the middle, that means that you are seeing the pitch, that means that you are timing the pitch correctly, and you're getting base knocks out of it. And this is something that he's done better than any time in the past six years, ever since StatCast started, uh, started in 2015 and all these numbers started coming around. I just looked at that and I was like, wow. Like, Longoria, sure, the standard statistics, the ones that we, we, we know and love, the batting average, the OBP, the OPS, 
maybe they're not at the point where they need to be at the you know at the top. He's not hitting over three hundred. You know he doesn't have over ten home runs yet. But the thirty RBIs is a nice number, and the OPS is eight ninety two, and that's a nice number. But all of the advanced analytics they don't lie. They don't lie, and they tell you like, hey, he's hitting the ball hard, and he's hitting the ball well, and seeing the ball well. So look, it's it's a tough blow because when you when you hear a player go down when he's been playing that way, uh, it just stinks. But uh, I go back to what Dave Fleming said yesterday as we look towards replacements, and we'll see what happens tonight as they start a two-game road series against the Texas Rangers. But Dave Fleming joined the morning roast yesterday and spoke about the Evan Longoria injury. I think you could make a strong case that it's the toughest blow that they've had to endure. But I've mm-hmm. decided that these injuries are helping the Giants rather than hurting them. That this a whole series of events has caused the Giants to develop not just a spirit of everybody pitches in, everybody can do it, a confidence level up and down the whole organization that they have other players who can step in and do the job. I mean, they have developed some depth that we didn't know they had. And then Dave Fleming continued and elaborated on what he meant with that silver lining. I think that these injuries have made them a better team. You know, I'm not saying that the Longoria one is at some point (laughs) you get some diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. But this time, maybe Tyro Estrada, who got one pinch hit at bat yesterday, is going to be the guy. Maybe Wilmer Flores gets a better chance to get more consistent at bats over at third base. And we know his defense over there has gotten a little bit better. Whatever it is, it hasn't been very predictable to me. Uh, you know, we might come out of this saying, gosh, now they have another option, another way to beat teams. So there's been a huge silver lining to their injuries this year. We've gotten to watch Lamont Wade and Steven Duggar and all these players develop in a way that I didn't think was there. So he mentions Lamont Wade and Steven Duggar and, Rightfully so, but you want to keep those guys in the lineup, and this is where it's going to get tricky. Right now, we are going to be seeing the toughest test for Gabe Kapler. And Grant Brisby, who writes for the Giants, he writes for The Athletic and is the the Giants writer there. He's fantastic, formerly of McCovey Chronicles, very creative. And he had three options on how to replace Longo. Now, we got to keep in mind, only four games are played in the in American League stadiums until the All-Star break when Longoria is meant to come back. So, really, there's only going to be four games where they're going to be playing with the DH. You are going to have to find a defensive replacement. The first option that Brisby mentioned was Wilmer Flores full-time at third base. And to me, you know, this would make sense because it's just a straight-up player-for-player swap. And Flores has a reliable bat. I will give him that. But earlier in the year, I mean, he went on the injured list just because of he had hamstring tightness running from first to third. You know, it's not like the injury to Longoria where it was forced because of a freak type of collision that happened at shortstop. That happened just straight up because his muscles were tired and he was trying to round first to third and couldn't get it done. We saw the same thing happen with Buster Posey earlier when he was rounding first going to second. So that would be the first option. I could see that being an option, but I don't think Wilmer Flores playing full-time at third base is what they need right now. You could platoon with Jason Vossler and the new call-up, Tyro Estrada. And if you trust Farhan and you're going off what Dave Fleming was just saying right there on the morning roast, this is exactly the kind of station where these guys might do something out of nowhere. But personally, I'm way more intrigued by what Tyro Estrada can do. 
because he's been raking in AAA, had a chance with the Yankees, didn't really take advantage of that chance. He hit three home runs in his time there. But I'm way more intrigued by that to see if that's the type of move that shows Farhan's strengths. I thought Jason Vossler was going to be that guy, but he hasn't been that great. So you could platoon with those two guys, or you can include Mauricio Dubon at third more and more. And with the way Duggar is hitting, you're going to want to keep him in center field. Lamont's Wade, Lamont Wade's bat has been coming alive, and Yaz is coming back, and he's probably going to be playing right field exclusively as soon as he comes back. He's expected to come back uh, later on this week, or excuse me, later on after Belt comes back. Talkman's a good outfielder. Dickerson can only play left field, and they need his power in the lineup. So I'm not sure how much room there is for guys like a Talkman, whose glove is way more valuable and he's a sub-200 hitter, I'm thinking at this time, like, all of those options that I just laid out, you're probably going to be seeing part-time Wilmer Flores, part-time Mauricio Dubon, part-time Tyro Estrada, Jason Vossler, if neither of those guys work out. And we'll see what they do in the outfield, but because that's where Dubon's glove is the most effective. It's not as effective uh, when it's in the infield. But the point is, they're going to have a tough time replacing Evan Longoria. That's really the larger point that I'm trying to get at here when when we're talking about who they can replace Evan Longoria with because it's going to be a tough test for for Gabe Kapler and company to try and make those decisions and make the correct decisions. And then there's one more element that we are missing. And I just heard this yesterday. This was on the Chris Rose Rotation podcast brought to you by John Boy Media. And we know Chris Rose, formerly of MLB Network. He was joined by Trevor Plouffe, former player who has played with Longoria. And he said this is the element that the Giants are going to be missing the most. And I know him from playing with him. He's a huge voice in that clubhouse. I know Buster's been there and Craw's been there and Belt's been there. And there's a lot of veterans in that clubhouse, which is another reason why I think a younger team that gets out to a hot start that doesn't really wasn't really supposed to would find themselves in the middle of the ocean looking around like where's the land where's the land but these guys <laughs> I'm serious but he they keep that clubhouse perfectly level ready to go so right so I, I think that that's one element that we're not even talking about with Longoria that you can't replace all right there's one more player that I do want to talk about and he is with the Oakland days and he has been one of their better players this season and an Iron Man of sorts in this year. Uh, but it is Mark Canna. Mark Canna is hitting 259 right now, which is not a great average. But he has more plate appearances than anyone in the league. He has more runs than anyone in the league. He has a 388 OBP and a 477 slugging. That's good for an 865 OPS, which is pretty damn good. And on top of that, he's got 11 home runs and 22 RBIs, and he's got 56 hits on the season in those 263 plate appearances. So I just decided like yesterday I was I was thinking like what's what's his contract looking like? Where where, where are we gonna ha- where are we gonna find Mark Canna here? And he just signed the one year seven million dollar deal uh, last season, but in twenty twenty two he is a free agent. And you know I'm just thinking, man, if this is another one of those guys that the A's just happen to let go that they could have signed, I, they're gonna get him for cheap. They are, and he's the type of guy that can play the outfield. It's not even not to mention his defense and what he can do there. He can play all positions in the outfield. He gives you a guy, you know, for example, like one that could play for the Giants right now because the Giants need bodies. He is that type of dude and a utility player, 
and I'm very interested to see what the A's do with him uh, moving forward. I really am. I, I, I don't know. Um, what's going to happen with his contract? I don't know how much he's going to uh, feel like he's going to be worth. and I don't know any of that. But I do know that Mark Canna has done enough in his time with the A's where it feels like, you know, he could at least be getting some sort of run and some sort of contract with him. Because, you know, last year after I saw... Uh, after I saw Mark, Marcus Simeon get signed to the uh, to the Blue Jays for one year, seven, uh, $17 million, and Chris Davis was given that extension, which was worth on average $7 million, uh, $17 million, I'm just thinking, you know, with Canna, they got to be able to do something. They could give him an extension, and they don't have to pay him that much on average, and they could get him on the cheap for a very good player that could be used by a lot of other teams. So just something to keep an eye on if you're an A's fan. And from the 925, wonder no more about what the A's will do when it comes to playing a player or letting them go. They're like a farm team for the rest of the league. How many more times do you need to see it to believe it? It's like counting on Jalen Hurd to be a legit starting wide receiver for the Nord- for the Niners. How does the saying go? Fool me once, fool me five times? No, it doesn't necessarily go like that. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, tonight, when the Giants do play the Rangers, they called up left-hander Sam Long, who was their 11th-rated prospect. So there is something interesting to look for there. We've been wondering for the Giants who that fifth starter could be. I think that the uh, the, the the coaching staff in the minor leagues for the Giants is just as good as any other one in baseball just because of how forward-thinking they are with everything. So I'm very interested to see how that goes. All right. Just want to play this sound clip for you one more time. I have to. The new Keddie Powers baby for the University of Virginia. This post-game interview was hilarious. Does anything make you nervous? Caves. <laughs> Mainly. Um, nothing really. I mean, I don't see any caves out here. I know. We're in the south. It's not the desert. That's where I find most caves are probably at. But, you know, this is just a game. There's going to be way harder things in life than striking out the side or not walking somebody. So... I don't really get too caught up in all the jibber-jabber and all the mean things people might say to me because it's just, you know, I think I'm a cool guy. My dogs think I'm awesome. My teammates like me. And my friends like me. So I'm going to attack and we're going to win. <laughs> Simple. The new Kenny Powers, man. College baseball. It's something exciting to watch. Check it out in the postseason if you feel like uh, you got nothing to watch on the TV. I recommend you check it out if you're a baseball fan. All right. Coming up on the Morning Roast with Bonte Hill, Kate Scott, and Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, Mark Spears at 720, Mike Finn the Caddy at 850, and Will the Thrill Clark at We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 